Welcome to See the World Differently. Come explore and discover the world around you. Hi, welcome to this month's edition of See the World Differently with Oceanscape Yachts. I'm your host, Rebecca Taylor, and today I had such a fun chat with the brothers behind the brand Uncommon Caribbean. Stephen and Patrick Bennett joined me um, from their respective homes in the States uh, to chat all things Caribbean, off the beaten path, uh, post-pandemic travel trends we're seeing, things we hope stay. Um, they share a little bit from their bucket list and how to be more immersive in your vacations um, or your travels, as they would say, um, so that you can really experience the culture and you know move away from just sun, sand, and sea and, and really get to know the location that you're at. So um, I had a really fun time chatting with them both. I again, have way more places to add to my bucket list. Um, so we'll be getting to that. Um, but if you don't already follow them on Instagram uh, and social media, Uncommon Caribbean, um, they're just the nicest guys you're going to meet and they always want to chat travel. Um, you know, they, as they said, it's not just coming for me, slide into their DMs, they're going to answer you, they're going to want to chat to you about it. Um, and reach out to them for all of their services that they offer. Um, just really knowledgeable guys. So I'm really happy that they could join us. Uh, if you don't already follow us um, on Google Podcasts or iTunes, please give a follow, uh, subscribe, and uh, we hope you enjoy this episode as any others. And I look forward to hearing your feedback from Stephen and Patrick. Take care. Okay, so today we're here with Steve and Patrick of Uncommon Caribbean. Uh, they're brothers who are the name and faces behind the brand. Um, it does a little bit uh, what you would expect it to, uh, sharing a lot of off the beaten path and what you don't always see in the photos um, when you visit the Caribbean. So it's I'm really happy that we were able to connect because now that you know we're recording this in June of 2022, so finally travel's a little bit easier and uh, it's a little bit harder to pin people down. So I'm really happy you guys are here. So. Before I ramble on too much, I would love to hear about how you both came to start this whole brand. You've had successful careers before this. You grew up in the U.S. Virgin Islands. So I know you've probably experienced a lot of that, seeing what people come and then write about, you know, when they go back home. So probably there's an element of that. But if you could both share just, you know, what made you want to come up with it and uh, and how the brand has sort of grown from there. If you want to start off left, Steve, that would be great. It's funny. Uh, thank you so much for making the time for us. Uh, a, um, we're, we're very happy to be doing this. But your, your initial question is funny. It sort of reminds me of um, a Bob Marley interview um, that I heard like a million years ago, yeah. where they were asking him like, when when did he decide to become a Rasta? When did he become a Rasta? And when did he start becoming a Rasta? And he and he said he sort of like stopped for a minute. And he said. Well, you know, to really answer that question, you have to really, really look about things from creation, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uncommon Caribbean with us, it really, you have to go back to um, our, our our very earliest days. It's like, unlike many people that are involved in um, media or content creation um, involving the Caribbean, we are a thousand, a million percent West Indian. Um, our parents are from Trinidad, both sides. We have family all over the Caribbean in St. Vincent, Grenada. Um, we recently realized in, in a really funny way, we have family in Montserrat. Um, and yeah, we were born and raised in St. Croix. So that's sort of my, my whole life and my career has always been based in the Caribbean. So doing marketing, public relations, um after college all of it has been geared toward the caribbean so in a lot of ways even though i've lived in the states longer than i've lived in the caribbean um in a lot of ways i never really left uh, whereas on the other hand patrick's experience uh, has been a little bit different right patrick <laughs> yeah i mean uh, in some ways uh our experiences were exactly the same until we graduated from high school and when i did I never wanted to see the Caribbean again. Okay. I was so happy to get the hell out of there. That's not on your website. <laughs> I feel like it's like so many people who grew up in a small town, like when they are finally leaving it, like they just want to, you know, give it their back and never come back. Yeah. And uh, and so I, I moved to the States, moved around, finally started making enough money that I could travel, started traveling extensively. 
um, you know, Europe, Africa, Asia, South America, uh, into the Pacific. Uh, I went as, to as many places as I possibly could and um, found, uh, uh, you know, started uh, having a relationship with a woman. I was like, well, I should show you where I'm from. And we flew back to St. Croix and, you know, as it happens at many uh, airports in the Caribbean, when the plane lands and the door opens, you don't like walk right into a building. You actually like walk down, you know, onto the tarmac and then walk to the airport. And I remember walking out of the plane to the top of the stairs and smelling the air from St. Croix and like my entire existence kind of rushed back into me. And uh, I, I immediately fell back in love with the Caribbean um, to, as Stephen says, you know, a million percent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that really is kind of a love story. Had you not been back before or just like family visits, not really exploring with someone or that was really your first time back in so many years? It was my first time back in a, in probably, I don't know, nearly a decade. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It's very, I think you're right. You know, wherever you're from, you kind of, and even coming from Canada, the first time I went on a plane, it was to go to Europe. I was like, I'm not, I'm not exploring here. Canada's a massive country. There's no way every place is the same, you know, as where I'm from. Um, but I think sometimes you do have to leave to learn that and, and see other places. Like you say, you know, you've kind of seen the world and then realize, wow, you know, it wasn't so, so bad. Why was I in a rush to, to get out of here kind of thing? Well, that's also like the genesis of Uncommon Caribbean as well. I mean, like, West Indians, I think, often take our region for granted. I certainly did growing up. And, um, you know, luckily, Stephen didn't. I mean, Stephen, would, would you agree on that one? Yeah, I was going to say that 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 dichotomy of the, the sort of like the different paths that our lives went um, after, you know, our, our real foreign years in St. Croix really circled back around eventually to a, a little bar in Manhattan um, on a very cold night when I just happened to have been in town um, for some tourism industry meetings that were uh, very uninspired from my standpoint. <laughs> and I was frustrated because I didn't think that the Caribbean was being promoted in the right way, even though I had been a part of that promotional machine um, for well over a decade at that point. And my flight going back to Fort Lauderdale was was delayed, it was actually snowed in. So I called Patrick and asked him to meet me at the bar for a drink because I couldn't go anywhere. And when he walked in there, that's when I told him that I had this idea for something called Uncommon Caribbean. And what Uncommon Caribbean would do would be to shine a spotlight on the lesser known parts of the Caribbean to really play up the whole notion of experiential travel um, within the Caribbean so that we would start to attract the types of travelers that were more interested in cultural immersion and real authentic uh, experiences all over the world, which was exactly the type of travel that Patrick had been engaged in since turning his back on our home region yeah. <laughs> of 10 to 15 years before, because the types of things that he was doing um, in terms of like, you know, going on safari in Africa. Go, where did where did you go? You're like in in the Sahara something, weren't you? I climbed the High Atlas Mountains in in Morocco. You oh, know, beautiful. like you're tramping through the the rainforests of Brazil. You know, like going fishing. You know, off off in Greece. You know, like these were the experiences that. You know, I I think we were just starting. Travel was just starting to promote. But you, I could tell you, and Stephen could tell you from his meeting that that was not the case for the for the Caribbean. Yeah, right. that, those types of experiences. I don't even know that promotion is is the right word. I, I think that at the time, at that time, and we launched in 2010. Um, so at that time, the travel industry overall um, was waking up to the fact that those types of experiences could be packaged and sold, or at least promoted. But it wasn't really happening in a big way. And it's mm. certainly happening in the Caribbean. Yeah. And so you had this whole sort of generation of travelers that was basically, you know, doing what Patrick did and sort of like discounting the Caribbean 
um, as as a place where those types of experiences existed at all. That you just you you the whole region was being homogenized and promoted as this as this place of all inclusive resorts and cruise lines. Um, nothing very deep from a cultural perspective, and nothing experiential. Right. And, and so you know this whole new wave of travelers. That's all they were interested in. Um, Patrick was a living, breathing embodiment of it. And so it just became this natural thing for us to come together because he was doing it all over the world. I knew it existed in the Caribbean. And so we came together to to create a site that really played up that, that whole notion and really create a whole new way of, of looking at Caribbean travel. And you, Stephen, from so you're working in media and PR and everything else. You'd be going to these places like you did a lot of business in the Caribbean. Like you said, you, you didn't really leave. Were you like introduced to those things when you were there on a press tour or something like that? Is that kind of the work you were doing and seeing like, but it's not being translated or were yeah. you not even exposed to it in the first place? I was exposed to it on a very limited basis um, mm -hmm. early on, but I knew from growing up there and having traveled throughout the region extensively, you know, through my childhood, mm -hmm. I knew it was there. I just didn't know why it wasn't being promoted. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I, had, I got to this point where I would have a business trip. Let's say I'd have a, a series of business meetings in San Juan over the course of like a Thursday, Friday. I would I got into the habit of tacking on a couple extra days in the weekend um, so that I could go and do those things or I could find those things because I like doing those things. You right. know? Yeah. It wasn't really from a mindset of like creating this site or, or you know, being a being an evangelical for that at that point, I just I just wanted to experience all the Caribbean. I, I've I've always wanted that. I wanted to see every single corner of it, experience every part of it, get into you know all the different dynamics of the different cultures, different cuisines, different just everything, religion, everything. Yeah. And so you know the site and and our partnering on the site really was a natural extension of the two different sort of social and career paths that we took um, coming back around into this little tiny bar on a cold night in New York. Yeah, I love that it's at the cold bar talking about the Caribbean. <laughs> there was something, a little bit of your heart was missing, you know, and that's maybe part of it. But uh, if we knew what bar that was, well, I don't remember what bar that was, so we can't go back there. <laughs> Where the magic happened. Yeah, that's a shame. Um, and do you, so you know, like you say, you, you had a lot of experience traveling around as kids and things, but I'm sure when you're from a certain place as well and you see how it's marketed and, or you hear someone say like, oh, I've been to the, like the USBIs, I love this. And, and you probably hear maybe the similar things or, you know, I'm sure that comes up a lot. Is there maybe like hidden gems that you usually recommend to people or that's a really big destination we get requests for as a charter company? Obviously lots of yachts spend time there. So is there any, you know, off the beaten things that you recommend people do or things you could recommend. I'll, I'll start with you, Patrick, if there's anything that you can think of. In the, in the USVI. Yeah. You know, I, it's so interesting about the USVI <laughs> <laughs> as, as folks that grew up in St. Croix. Yeah. Um, and I, I, again, assume this is uh, typical for most small towns, small destinations. Uh, there's rivalries. And um, folks on St. Croix, as we were growing up, had a, a pretty intense rivalry with folks on St. Thomas. Right. Um, so this went on, you know, in my mind for years until fairly recently when, when Stephen reintroduced me to, to St. Thomas. Um, <laughs> and I fell in love with it. Okay. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> you let the... Uh, uh, I, you let it go let the grudge go <laughs> i let it go i really i really let it go you know so you know if, as you're as you're thinking about like places to stop um going around um saint thomas there are just so many um you know we have you know beaches that we absolutely love that are almost like totally unknown like Nelteberg Beach up in the north by by Nelteberg Bay. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, and you know, St. Thomas also has it, its own Buck Island, like like we have on on St. Croix, which is actually a great stop. Um, you know, there's places like Mermaid's Chair, um, which is a, a wonderful uh, kind of I guess a tide pool. 
for for hanging out and a great place to stop and and have a drink in in the water and just kind of relax. And then there's this cave. Stephen, do you remember exactly where the cave is? Oh, it's is you're talking about just above Brewers Bay. Yeah, where we swam <laughs> into the hill. Yeah. Tell them about the cave. I mean, you did the hike, but I know where it is. It's it's funny because Brewers Bay is at the far west, far uh, yeah, far west end of St. Thomas, and it's one of these cool airports where it's right next to the it's it's one of these cool beaches because it's right next to the airport. You you see these planes landing all day long, um, and it's very very calm water. There's turtles in the bay. It's all this great stuff. But what a lot of people don't know is that just back of the bay is this going up this hill. There's this short hike up to this this cave, and um, and just a tremendous tremendous view of um, it's not a huge cave, but from there there's tremendous views of of the west coast of St. Thomas, trailing off the islands that the smaller islands that trail off towards Culebra and Puerto Rico. You can see it all from there, and on a I'm sure on a clear day you can even see St. Croix um, way to the south. So you know, if you're talking about that particular cave, are you talking about the cave that we took the boat to? The one that we took the boat to and was swimming in. That cave is fine, but those <laughs> things were swimming. So another most more incredible cave. I just was thinking, like, wait, what other caves were there? There's, there's one of the best ways to see St. Thomas actually is is to get on a boat trip going around the whole island. There's this guy, Captain Thomas, who we met there, um, who's got this. Uh, this this little power boat that and he does this this tour that will take you all the way around St. Thomas and it hits a bunch of the little keys that um, are mostly off the north coast but you know also past Mermaid's Chair at the far west and then Buck Island um, at the south and one of the stops you know it, there's this boulder that you can climb up and dive off of that Patrick did while I was uh, watching from the boat. <laughs> Taking photos, <laughs> somebody has to document things. Somebody's gotta do it. <laughs> like, like, my dude, like my dutiful self. Um, pretty steep boulder, Pretty looked like a pretty scary jump, but really, really fun. And then as we went along in the tour, um, you know, Thomas took us to this, this cave that is like, it's right up against the water. So like, like the boat gets into the channel you know, slightly, and you jump off and you snorkel into the cave. You can get pretty deep in there. Um, it's not like big enough so that you you find bats or anything like that, but it's a pretty unique experience and one that, like, you know, when you grow up in Saint Croix, you have this this concept of Saint Thomas as just completely cosmopolitan, overrun by cruise ship tourists, mm -hmm. and everything is a is a tourist trap shop selling, you know, cheap t-shirts and trinkets, and that's all it is, and some nightlife and just, you know, whatever. Right. But, um, but the actual, um, what we found on, on this trip, and I had found, you know, previously on other trips, is that the natural wonders that exist in, in St. Thomas are pretty remarkable, um, particularly if you can get to some of those offshore islands. Um, there are a few that you can actually... Um, you can camp on um, legally. Yeah, <laughs> take that caveat. Yeah. yeah, make sure we know that. Uh, and there's and there's some decent hiking in in St. Thomas as well. There's there's there there's actually when I think about going back to St. Thomas, that's there. There's more of that there than we were even able to discover on our last couple of trips there. Um, and so yeah, St. Thomas still has a lot to offer, even though it does have that tourist trap reputation. Overall, there really is much more to do there than to, you know, sit in a sit in a shop next to a shop, you know, drinking watered down pina colada or something like that. Right, yeah. right. If you stay out of Charlotte Amalie, basically, yeah, you have a really incredible uh, experience on St. Thomas. There's there's so many authentic West Indian things to do. There's so much natural splendor, and you would think that you would need to you know hop on over to St. John for a lot of it, and actually you don't. You don't. Yeah. Okay, that's good. And do you, you know, after a couple of years, obviously a lot of these islands have been hit, you know, with the pre the primary source of income for a lot of people is obviously uh, tourism. Do you know by just, you know, your experience working with the various islands and like, you know, maybe family and friends that you still keep in touch with there, 
did they see, I'm sure they saw a big dip, but in some ways, was it a relief not having? Because I imagine that too, like constantly having cruise ships and yes, it's a source of income, but also it's, I don't know, does it just become white noise or do you think people are screaming for tourism to come back? What do you think, Steve? I, I think there's definitely a, a clamoring for tourism to come back um, in the way, sort of like, you know, getting back to the way things used to be, but um, you, you don't hear that clamoring necessarily coming from us. Um, it's more coming from the, from the government side and people who are really um, invested in the way things were. But what we've found at the time that, you know, that the islands were virtually, you know, shut down to tourist visitation is that a lot of Mother Nature had a chance to rebound in places that had been um, sort of overextended by mm. over tourism. Um, and at the same time, um, you also have some of the islands that are finally waking up to the fact that, you know, they can't have all their economic eggs in the tourism basket. Okay. So some of that is happening slowly, but I can tell you specifically in the U.S. Virgin Islands, um, to a great extent, maybe Puerto Rico to a lesser extent, by virtue of them being U.S. territories, they suffered less than um, some of the some of the other foreign uh, destinations in the Caribbean because they, they just opened up sooner to American uh, visitation. Mm -hmm. um, though there were there were hurdles that you had to um, that you had to overcome in terms of testing and protocols and things like that, you know you could still go to St. Croix as easily as, as an American. You could go there as easy as you did have gone to Florida, right? Um, you know even at, during a high blood pandemic. So tourism there actually boomed. <laughs> yeah, it did it, during the in the USBI actually boomed during the pandemic. Um, so in a lot of ways, if you're a hotelier there or somebody involved in tourism, you're probably a little upset to see all these other islands open back right. up. You had a monopoly basically for a little while there. Yes. Um, so yeah, the tourism is coming back, but you know, our hope is that you know people will be waking up to the fact that tourism can't be everything, and that we can't have uh, we can't continue to have it be an unsustainable industry. Um, you know, that, that we do suffer some of the ills of over-tourism in different parts of the Caribbean. Um, and, you know, and that those are things that we have to look at, particularly from a, a large-scale sort of massive mega-cruising standpoint and, um, and in terms of, you know, regulations on, um, on how the resorts are able, the larger resorts are able to operate and dispose of waste um, okay. as a specific example. Yeah. You know, I, I would also say, like, as we think about returning, Stephen was saying, you're not hearing us, you know, clamor for a return to, 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 to normal necessarily. And that's not just, you know, because of some of the unsustainable things that were happening before, but I think also because there was some innovation during this time that I really hope we don't lose. Um, you know, some of the um, new approaches to slower tourism where people were going to stay in places for longer periods of time, um, you know, I you know I think about some of the yachts that were stuck in St. Thomas for for many many months. Yes. But but also um, you know around the region, uh, there were remote worker programs, um, you know, in places like Barbados and Anguilla. Um, uh, USVI also had one, but not as great. Antigua and Barbuda had one. Uh, Grenada. And, you know, I myself uh, took advantage of the Montserrat remote worker program and spent a few months uh, with my family down there. Like the amount of economic revenue that comes from somebody who spends that amount of time in a destination is radically different than folks that just kind of pop down and pop out or even worse, the folks that necessarily just like, you know, breeze through um, on, on a cruise ship. Yeah. And I also think that, you know, with that slower process, you start to appreciate a lot of the things that we talk about, the local cultures, the local foods, the, the people who live there as individuals, um, you know, the, the varied natural splendor of each island and the, just the varied, all of the things that are different about each island, you know, from one to the next. And you go deeper and, and further away from just the 
typical sun, sand, and sea experience into what we talk about on a daily basis, which is just real West Indian life. And um, I, I hope that we continue to, you know, explore those options as as we you know start to, you know, move away from the, the height of the pandemic um, and, and don't lose that as and and just jump back to you know business as usual. Mm-hmm. That's a very good point, and I think it also brings up because we're seeing that. I think you know a, a luxury yacht charter is very different in that way anyway, where people want you know, the off the beaten path to begin with. They want something very unique. They Mm -hmm. want something a little bit more immersive. Um, But for Mm -hmm. people who are still only taking the week holiday, say, but don't want to do just the resort this time, or or maybe, you know, that's what they afford the resort. And then, but they just want to make it more immersive. What, what tips could you give to somebody to really making sure that you are experiencing, you know, the food, the culture, um, going into the smaller towns and things like that along the way and actually making, you know, connecting you with the different places that you're in and not just, yeah, this resort, I could be anywhere in the world under a sandals name or whatever. <laughs> um, so yeah, Patrick, what, like, what could you recommend to somebody who wanted a little bit more of an immersive experience? I know this is like, and but what you guys do for, for a living, so I won't take anyway, you know, obviously you guys do that as a service too, but just somebody who said to you, Hey, I want to make sure I don't totally waste my time here. And I really experience the authentic side of XYZ. Yeah, you know, it's so funny. 10 years ago, uh, I think one of our answers, certainly probably one of Stephen's answers would have been to ask a taxi driver. Right. Uh, but times have changed. And actually, that's a terrible thing to do. Nowadays. <laughs> uh, so don't do that. Um, but certainly, uh, your number one start is um, be polite respect people like walk into a room say good morning good evening you know good night whatever it is like that is actually your key to unlocking so much of the caribbean is uh just general respect and uh good manners and politeness it it will take you uh way further than you could even imagine uh in the caribbean because we are we're, we're very polite proper folks. Um, so that's step one. Step two, if you like really want to get off the beaten path on some things, um, a great place to start is at um, a fish market. Um, just like any time I'm sailing through any region, one of the first places I stop is fish markets. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, People uh, wouldn't think of that. Okay. Yeah, well, number one, you can quickly provision and and get some stuff. But number two, you know, having that conversation about where things are, um, you know, where are quiet places to go, um, uh, quiet beaches that you want to check out, particular hikes, um, you know, quiet islands, um, you know, even uh, restaurants, you know, who's buying from these guys and what are the best places to eat, you know, this type of uh, fish, but actually prepared, you know, in a local style. Like you'd be really surprised how much information you can get in a fish market if you walk into it and are extremely polite. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I think you're probably emphasizing that too, because I can imagine it's a whirlwind, just tourists coming and going constantly, just demanding things of people that have nothing to do with, <laughs> like, out of the goodness of their heart. It's like anyone that you beat, you know, if I'm asking for directions down the street, I'm not going to walk up to somebody and just demand and assume that they know it, you know, but I think people get into this weird tunnel vision when they're booking a holiday somewhere new or at a resort, or, you know, and I've been with people all over the world. I don't think it's necessarily here. Um or sorry, in, in the Caribbean, but uh, I think you're absolutely right. You know, just start a conversation with someone and that'll take you way further than talking to the taxi drivers, apparently. I won't be doing that anymore. <laughs> either. It depends on your taxi driver, where you are. But either way, it's, there are definitely people, I think, and this is this has been studied somewhat. They, there's a, there's a, some sort of weird sense of entitlement that comes with um, with people on quote unquote vacation, mm-hmm. which uh, actually you'll find is a word that we never use on our site anywhere, um, because we're travelers and we're speaking to travelers, and you know, vacation has a, you know sort of a negative connotation for us. But there there is this this weird sense of entitlement, I guess, because I don't know if it comes from just the fact that you're 
you quote unquote paying all this money, you know, this, this, and blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, we, we see that in the Caribbean and it is the exact way to get yourself um, told the wrong information or told no information at all. Because right. as Patrick was saying, I mean, the, a perfect example, I, I go to Martinique a lot and it's probably right now uh, my favorite place in the world um, for a variety of different reasons, but um, I don't speak any French and I don't speak any Creole and people ask me all the time, how do you get along so well there? How do you get around and, you know, you're just there by yourself. And by now I know a lot of people there, but that doesn't mean they're always with me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so what's the answer? How do I, how do you do it? And it's basically that you smile at people and you say bonjour in the morning, you say bonsoir in the evening, you smile at them when you say it, and then the door is wide open for you for whatever help you need. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's this definite impression of of the um, of the rude sort of American traveler that that is pervasive throughout much of the Caribbean. That you know even goes back to notions of colonialism that are you know those those things don't just wash away right and if you come into a place with this sense of entitlement um or you know a, a, a bad attitude without respecting the people who are there respecting the fact that people actually live and work in these places they scratch out a living the same as we do you know where wherever it is that we live canada us europe wherever you know people have daily lives there they have they have the same daily pressures that we do trying to make their bills, trying to you know put food on their tables. You know, they're not living vacation. They right. they live. And so if you come that mindset, you know, come with that in your mind and be respectful um, to to these to the people and to their lives, um, you'll find that, you know, West Indian people will help you with just about anything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, we could tell you stories of places where we didn't have a place to stay and it was getting to be the middle of the night and people just let us stay in their place. Okay. Uh, and it's not just because we're from any of these places or, you know, we look a certain way. It's just, you know, we're respectful. Yeah. And smile at people. And you just, you got to be able to come with that mindset and, you know, you can almost get anything. Absolutely. And I'm, I think, you know, we've been speaking about certain things that have grown out of this pandemic that we're hoping we don't see leave. And part of it is that respect and like inquiry into other places and a deeper dive because nobody could go anywhere. So I know from a lot of people I spoke to, you know, we spent a lot of time scrolling new Instagram accounts or learning about, you know, like adding places to our bucket list. And all you've had time to do is look into these places and talk to people. I think you know, selfishly, it's been really great for this podcast because I've been able to connect with people that are probably always traveling. It's been very hard to connect with people. I've had calls in airports before that, you know, and it's it's been great because we tried to actually interview a lot more people, you know, on location where they were from. So whether that's France or Australia or, you know, St. Martin, wherever they were, they were just sharing about, you know, their hometown and, you know, this is what's great about it. So it was a really different perspective and I know from just accounts I follow online, that's what I was seeking out too. So I hope it's that curiosity doesn't go anywhere and we don't just revert to that. Yeah. You know, I'm doing air quotes, like normal life of, you know, flying in and out. And I, I like that you guys don't use the word vacation. Cause I think traveler feels very much more, it's a way of life. It's a constant thing. You're never not a traveler, you know, you're constantly learning, constantly evolving and hopefully seeking out new things. So I might, uh, adopt that from you guys (laughs) and I like that um it just feels a little bit more like what people might be looking for too you know that immersive experience and slow travel again it's I think you had mentioned that Patrick is something yeah I hope is is here to stay and with you guys both I think you've both said your your travel schedules are getting back up to a little bit more normal times like are you seeing that return for both of you you know Patrick are you hitting the road soon or well, yeah, I was in um, I was in the Bahamas uh, a couple weeks ago uh, with a with a flotilla of boats, which was pretty interesting. Um, <laughs> heading through the Exumas, I'd never never done that before, so that was a new one. And um, you know, and not next week, but the following week, I'll be going 
not to the Caribbean, oddly enough, I'll be going to Cannes for another side of my life. Um, but, you know, I, I do see us starting to, to pick back up. Um, and it was very strange for us to spend so much time in Brooklyn and Florida when, you know, in, let's say, 2019, we were in the Caribbean somewhere every month. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I'm starting to pick up. I, I think, Stephen, you, uh, you're seeing the same. Yes, I mean, slightly. I mean, there, I think once, I think it was maybe two days, two or three days after I had my first uh, vaccination shot, I was on a plane. Okay. <laughs> Heading heading back home to St. Croix, uh, in what was that? That was 2021, I guess. Uh, I was there four times, um, and uh, yeah, so it's it's definitely starting to pick back up. You know, I was actually supposed to be in uh, Middle Caicos uh, about a week and a half ago, but uh, my wife unfortunately contracted our family's first case of COVID. Oh no. And- put that trip aside but we'll be going in in early july we've already got it rebooked okay and after that um i'm pretty sure i'll be back in st croix before the end of the summer and um and there's an outside chance that uh that antigua carnival is is on our horizon for next month um which is another another kind of interesting thing is sort of what things are coming back slowly um Big events uh, are in the Caribbean anyway, seem to be coming back the slowest. Um, carnival, there's carnivals all over the Caribbean every year, obviously, but you know, having to have had a couple years off from carnival, you know, there's there's great, great, great anticipation <laughs> for what this next series of carnivals are gonna be. Um, St. Martin on the Dutch side, they just had theirs a couple months ago. We were actually originally supposed to go to that one. Um, but that fell through. But now Antigua really is like they're putting a lot behind their carnival, which comes up at the end of July, actually right over Patrick's birthday. Um, Perfect. <laughs> so we've we've always had this thing where like the summer carnivals run, most of them run right over both of our birthdays and um, or touch them in some part. So we've, we've always kind of had this dream of, of being able to be at, at one or maybe more than one at the same time. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's a huge thing. I think trend-wise, looking forward to the next, you know, 12 months, 24 months, um, the, the success of these of these huge carnivals coming back, and just the just the insane like euphoria that I think is going to be, you know, surrounding those um, those people. You know, carnival is all about letting off steam and yeah. sort of forgetting you know the day-to-day troubles and celebrating the fact that you have this life and you have this freedom and you know you can sort of you know really let your hair down in a big way and so not being able to do that for a couple of years um and then you know sort of turning that that tap back on i mean i'm expecting it to be like a rushing tsunami (laughs) wave. i think that's true yeah i um i still have family and friends in the uk and they were one of the first, right, to be like, okay, no masks, big, you know, arena events and sport, yeah. everything was reopened. And then I went to South Africa, where my husband's family's from, uh, in February. And the ones that flew from the UK were so used to life without this. And in South Africa, they were very similar. Like, you know, if, if COVID runs rampant in a place like that, it shuts everything down. They can't really afford it, right? So it was very interesting for them to go from this free for all they've had for six months to, you know, now it's sanitizing every shop you go into and masks and everything. So I think, and I could be wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure that's in the back of a lot of Caribbean Island minds too. It's like, okay, this is our, you know, maybe we're investing in other things other than tourism, but if we let the rain, you know, open that tap too soon, like you've said, it's, it could be a lot more detrimental than, you know, a large scale economy in a big country with, you know, millions and millions of people in it. Yeah, it's that's a huge issue and and something I think for travelers to be you know particularly cognizant and respectful of as they do start traveling back to the Caribbean. It's like you may not have to wear your mask at home and and you know to go into a store or to go to a movie theater or anything like that or even to get on a plane. Um, but you know the vast majority of Caribbean destinations are foreign countries. They do have different laws and regulations mm-hmm. that 
that we do here in the States and Canada, UK, elsewhere. Um, so you do need to know what those are and you do need to be respectful of those laws and abide by them or there are real consequences. And, you know, locked up abroad isn't just a show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, you don't want to be in that. So um, definitely as, as things start to open back up in the Caribbean and we're seeing protocols dropping left, right and center, um, it's just important to know, you know, what they are, be, be upfront about or be just be smart about doing your research ahead of time, get to the, each, each tourist board has their own website and right on the homepage, there's usually either the actual information on what the protocols are now or a link to what the protocols are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just make sure you know them um, or better yet, you know, book your travel um, with a travel professional. And I just wanted to touch on, cause I know you guys have mentioned like where, you have coming up for, you know, travel, a little bit of pleasure too, or like for business wise, but especially hearing, you know, the background, Patrick, you, you know, the hiking, the highest points and, you know, fishing in the middle of nowhere. Do you guys have places on your own bucket list that you really like, that is one that if somebody asked you today, and I know it's like the million dollar question, like only tell me one place when there's probably 50 on your list, but do you have one that like, you really hope that you can tick off you know, in the next few years, especially with travel looking really good again. Steve, is there is there any place in your mind first that you could recommend or want to share with others? I mean, I'm I'm still very much on this whole notion of, of seeing every corner of the Caribbean. It, it's funny because it's something that came out of um, another childhood experience with our mother. Um, when we used to travel around on a swim team, we'd compete with other teams in other islands and um, and my mom had this, this, uh, our mom had this habit of collecting flags from all the different places and talk to me. I think that's where I got that, that whole idea. But so, yeah, there, there are lots of parts of the Caribbean that I still haven't experienced yet, haven't seen. Um, in particular, St. Estatius really stands out in my mind. Um, it's a tiny island that most people have never even heard of, but um, the goats there outnumber the people. And there's this, this incredible volcano called the Quill that you can actually hike down into inside the the crater. You can hike down. You hike up to the rim of the of the volcano, and then you actually hike down into it. Oh, um, wow. I've been dying to do that for as long as I can remember, and um, I'd say that that's probably right at the top of my list. Okay, and one people can add again, like you say, it's maybe a bit more obscure. People don't always hear about it, so I love that it's. Oh, yeah ticking two of those items off. <laughs> no pressure, Patrick, but what about you? What uh, <laughs> What's on well, your bucket list? Well, my absolute favorite thing to do and favorite way to see the Caribbean is, is by boat. Um, so uh, there's been one place I've been dying to sail around, and that's the, the San Blas Islands uh, in, near Pan- off Panama. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously super gorgeous. Uh, I, I suspect they'll be similar uh, in, in you know, natural topography to the, the islands off Belize uh, by you know, the world's second largest uh, uh, coral reef. But what's so interesting to me about the San Blas Islands is the, the Kuna Indians that live there, um, the, the indigenous people of the islands, you know, uh, I, I just, I'm fascinated by, by that, uh, you know, I, my last trip to to Belize spent a bunch of time um, in the Garifuna uh, areas, and and I just love these pockets of people that have cultures that are in, in some ways radically different than the areas that that surround them, mm-hmm. and uh, the stories that come out of there, and the the natural. You know, just beauty of the place it just seems off the charts. And so uh, looking at you know, grab a boat, get down there and sail, <laughs> sail around yeah. a little bit. Uh, that, <laughs> that's, that's a good bucket list destination, I think. Yeah, totally. I, I, I can't wait. I mean, I think there's like like 50 or so islands um, and, you know, each one looks more gorgeous than the next. So want to check it out. Yeah, I'm uh, keeping one of those photos on my lock screen now, I think, after looking that up. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, and, okay, so for 
I love it because your brand is very easy to find. You're Uncommon Caribbean everywhere. So I'll make sure to hyperlink it. If there's anything else you'd like to share with everyone before we sign off, I, I, I wanted to thank both of you so much, Patrick and Steve, for your time, for being here with me today and sharing just some amazing gems that I know our listeners are going to love. So I really appreciate your time. No, yeah, absolutely. Uh, if I could just add one other thing, when you were when you were asking earlier about like how people can basically travel the way we do, yeah, I think we learned early on and in our experience of producing the site that uncommon travel really is it's less about the places that you go to and the things you do there. It, it's actually really almost, I mean, it's mostly about the people that you meet. Um, it's these great people that connect you to the best experiences or the best places to eat or the, you know, these drinks that are, you know, attractions or legends or history things that no one's ever heard of. Um, and so when you really look at our site in its totality, yes, it's Patrick and I getting into adventures and uh, <laughs> often misadventures and screwing up and, you know, getting lost and, getting lost and finding the very best things. But a lot of times it, it's it's really just making friends. And the friends that we make become the friends that uncommon, our uncommon travelers, our, our fans, they become their friends too. They've had countless, countless times when people have either written to us or run into us in airports and bars and other places and have said, you know, I went to this place because you said to go there. I, I read your article. You said, go to this place and ask for this guy. And I did. Steven, I don't want to interrupt you, but just tell the story about the night at Chef Hot Pants. I'm, I'm, <laughs> okay, we need to hear this now. <laughs> so there's there's this guy in Martinique. His name is Guy Ferdinand. He's a celebrity chef there. And his nickname is Chef Hot Pants. And okay. his, his nickname is Chef Hot Pants because I gave him that nickname. Um, and then when I met him, he he always wears like a professional chef's coat up top and really short, short Daisy Duke shorts on the bottoms. Okay, and wow. so he runs this amazing beach bar restaurant, gourmet beach bar restaurant in a little town called Le Carbe in northern Martinique. Uh, it's called Le Petit Bonhomme is the name of the restaurant. And so this is like my favorite place in the world. He's like my other brother. We're, we're, you know, we're really good friends. And one night, Patrick, I think this was maybe the first time I ever took Patrick there. We, we just happened to be there. And he and Chef Hotpants came over and asked us to go talk to these ladies at this other table because they're from America. And, you know, his English is good, but it's not that good. He just, he just asked us for a little help. And we went over and talked to them, and it turns out they were only there because they read about Petit Bonham in Uncommon Caribbean. And, you know, I've always said, if you go there and you ask for Chef Hot Pants, ask for Guy and tell him that you know me. Tell him that you read Uncommon Caribbean, and then sit back and watch what happens. And Guy just treats his the people that come because they know us, um, he just treats them like royalty. And, you know, so that was one instance of that happening. Another time I was in Provo in the Turks and Caicos at Boogaloo's Conch Shack, which is also amazing. And there were pe two people sitting at the bar who recognized me from the site and told me they had also been to Petit Bonham and asked for Guy and just like this, like the wonders of, of all these great culinary treats just came flying at them and their bill was like ridiculously low. It's like we make these connections wow. with people. And so yeah. because, you know, we make friends easily all over the Caribbean and that we write about these people. It's like if you go and you just you say that you you've read our site and then you get connected, you get hooked up in a way that, you know, that just doesn't happen in any other guidebook because it's a very personal thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like those are two examples, but that happens all the time. If you want to learn how to surf in Barbados, like say patrick sent you and you will get hooked up like if you want to go hiking in you know near cabarete in the dominican republic you know like all of these places if you want to go for a day sail in 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 saint croix if you want to uh you know like we could go on and on uh, don't get me started on if you stop in montserrat and want to have a great drink on the top of a, a hill like we could go on and on about like the many many places that if you stop there and you say 
Uncommon Caribbean sent me or Patrick sent me or Steven sent me, magic will happen. Uh, it, it's and it's it's a testament to again like steven said it's about the people this travel mm-hmm. is about the people the caribbean is amazing yes it's a natural splendor but the people that make the music that 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 create this environment like it's it's always about the people they're the ones that make these trips really magic and, and the experiences in the caribbean uh, like like nowhere else yeah and i'm hearing from that basically next time you want to go somewhere head to your website first, search the place, find out what you guys say about it. And also I have to share with everyone, you were also incredibly quick and receptive on social media, which is not always the case with people who have thousands of followers and, you know, are as busy as you are. So I hope I'm not overstepping by saying that, but you know, I'm sure you get inboxes all the time and that's, you know, part of what makes you guys so great as well. You know, you get that warm reception right away. Um, when people reach out to you and and you're quick on the response and the recommendations. And I think it just, it's an infinite loop, right? Then people go visit, say you sent them, and then you get like that relationship builds both with the travelers and then with the people on land that that you see somewhat regularly, I'm assuming, when you go back and travel. Oh, yeah. yeah. Slide into our DMs. We're happy to, <laughs> we're happy to chat. We're right okay. there. And it, that, it just speaks to the whole notion of it really just being like like a real family and, you know, we we help with all kinds of different crazy things. So it's and we just want to be able to interact with people, you know, if they care about the Caribbean, if they if they dig what we're doing and they 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 get it, um, then yeah, we're always happy to hook them up with our friends and our friends are your friends and that just makes the the best travel experiences. Absolutely. And I feel like now I have to meet Shepoff Pants. He's like he was like pre-COVID, the trend, the business on the top and the party on the bottom. He was yeah. ready for his Zoom calls before he even needed them. Um, well, this was fantastic. So much fun. Um, I've got a list. I've been, I don't know if you've heard me scratching, places you mentioned. So that's on my own bucket list that has grown immensely during the pandemic. But uh, really, thank you both so much for your time, Stephen Patrick. I'm, I'm so happy we were able to do this. Yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much. Well, uh, hopefully we'll see you someplace down there. Yes, I'll have to get all your schedules, you know, just send me your iCal. Sounds like you're all traveling at different times. We can coordinate something. <laughs> be great. Sounds great. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in to See the World Differently. Until next time, keep daydreaming. <laughs>